I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Listen up, dear listeners in the UK. There's a brand new guitar show this year, the Brighton Guitar Show. It's a one-day show happening on the 15th of July at the Brighton Racecourse, and it's going to be great. We'll be there along with loads of your favourite boutique and major brands like Two Notes Audio Engineering, Chapman Guitars, Fidelity Guitars, Thought B Effects, Pedal Patch, Bright Onion Pedals, Ranger Effects, NRG Effects, Great Eastern Effects, Iverson Guitars, Kurt Mangan Strings, Maybury Leighton, Lemon Audio, Xander Circuitry, and loads and loads more. What more excuse do you need to come to Sunny Brighton, the birthplace of guitar nerds, than a guitar show full of guitars, pedals, effects, and accessories? Come say hi, hang out, have a beer, and check out all the cool gear with Matt, JD, and I. You might even see a few of the OG guitar nerds hosts knocking about. For tickets, visit brightonguitarshow.co.uk or check them out on social media with Brighton Guitar Show. See you there. Here at Guitar Nerds, we're big fans of Isotope Software and their impressive range of plugins. And you, dear listener, get 10% off all Isotope plugins at isotope.com with discount code NERDS10. Every Guitar Nerds podcast for well over five of its ten years has been edited, polished and repaired using Isotope's wonderful range of tools. From their nectar sweet to EQ, compress and lightly add reverb to give the impression that Matt and I are in the same room, to the RX repair suite to deal with pops, clicks and background noise. In fact, every sound sample that you hear on our podcast is mastered using Isotope's Ozone Mastering Suite, and I can even compare audio, EQ, and levels to other similar released material using Isotope's Tonal Recall. It's all very good, and believe it or not, there are a bunch of free plugins that you can try. A vinyl simulator for added character, the Ozone Imager for help visualising your stereo mix, and a vocal doubler for added richness and depth to your vocals. Pretty neat. Check it all out at isotope.com. Um, so, uh, Naomi and JD, um, I, went to, I went to my doctor's today and I told him I was... I was having problems with my hearing and he asked, can you describe the symptoms? And I, I replied, sure. They're yellow, Homer's fat and March has blue hair. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> you hate that. Oh what? no. How can you hate that? That was one of the best ones. Naomi. <laughs> 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 this is this is your first podcast of the year, Naomi. So you, honestly, I think the bar is quite low. I have I have had some some pretty <laughs> terrible ones. I, I I was trying to do music ones, and then I worked out that pretty much all music dad jokes are bad. Yeah. So uh, so we're they're they're as bad as like how many drummers does it take to do this, or how many you know yeah my, yeah. Uh, yeah there aren't, aren't that's the aren't beauty of the dad joke. It, it toes the line between dad joke and bad joke. 
Uh, well, that's yeah. it. So a good dad joke I'm is, kind of, you know, it's, bad dad, it's, bad dad. It's, it's my favorite tuning. It's so, well, <laughs> <laughs> I did say the, that. These are okay. we've, we've kind of just continued with <laughs> dad jokes. This, this is, is very meta. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, well, I, I, I did mean to. They, these aren't dad. They're dad gad jokes. I, I need to make <laughs> make that's clear. So, dear listener, if you want to give me a dad gad joke, you can. You can. You can DM us or you can info at guitarnerds.net. I don't know why I went for a dot net and not a dot com. Well, it wasn't me. It was Mark Packham. I'll try and get the dot com at some. Oh, very dad move, point. I'd say. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's I mean, net, dot net, net is a, dot net is such a Packham, isn't it? Yeah, it's very yeah. Packham, isn't it? You know why it would have been? It would because it was probably fifteen pounds a year, and it was like a hundred pounds a year for the for the dot com, and he wanted to save money. But, uh, yeah. But anyway, hello, dear listener. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by JD Short. Hiya. And for the first time this year, Naomi McLeod. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah. And yeah. also, do you know, I think actually, possibly, potentially, uh, this might be wrong. There have been 16 episodes, and I'm pretty sure. We've only had ever two people on an episode this year. So this is our first time having three people on an episode. So yeah, it is the magic number. It is the magic number. So yes, welcome. Welcome back, dear listener. The dad dad jokes have actually been spilling onto the, uh, onto the Facebook um, recently. There was a, there was a whole thread um, started by uh, Thomas Adelgren. I think that's how you say your name, Thomas. Um, that's all, how all, we say it. <laughs> that's how I'm I'm saying it. And it was great. We had he was he was saying he tried to find three or four compressors to compare, but it was hopeless. The market is all Wong right now because there's the the new Corey Wong compressor that's out. It's very, that's very good. Jeffrey Wax replied with a picture mm. of the Empress compressor, saying, "This one I have might impress you." It's a very good compressor. It I'm is a very. I've got it. I'm trying to audibly mind. shake my head. Here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dan Pilver had replied to that saying, "Really feeling the squeeze, huh?" Oh, mm. I mean, this is these dad jokes are getting out of hand, people. Yeah, what can I say? Whole- that don't compress me much. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, well. So that's uh, sorry, thanks sorry. for joining us, dear listener, and uh, we'll be back next <laughs> week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yes, but yes. Anyway, moving on. It's um, it's it's lovely to have you both on the podcast. Inevitably, dear listener, we're going to be talking a little bit, probably about bass stuff this episode. But it's still a general episode. This isn't a bass special or anything. We're going to be talking about lots of things. We've got a wonderful topic of the week from Rob Nordvik. He actually sent me like five different topics, and they are all such massive concepts to talk about that some of them require whole episodes and i am going to try and do some of them later you know maybe the next episode of the episode after that try and deal with uh, a couple of those because they were so good but we are going to talk about one of his this week of course we've got naomi back on the podcast she is now in a super mega massive famous super band so we want to talk all about that and all about the gear that she's using on you know huge stages and stuff like that so that's that's gonna be really cool um there's not much news this year origin uh, this this week origin effects have released some new stuff we've never got around to talking about um squire releasing their sonic series the new affinity and whether or not that's a rebadge or whether it is like a cool new exciting game changer jd's got to spend some time with 
all of those KMA pedals that we've been talking about on the episodes that JD's been on over the last few weeks. So that will be cool. And I have become obsessed with Gaia Tone effects and I'm starting to buy up some of those. So we're going to be talking about all of those all of those things on this week's episode. First of all, before uh, before we get into stuff, in July, July 15th, the Brighton Guitar Show is happening dear listener and guitar nodes are going to be involved in that i'm i'm hosting a, a q and a with thorpe effects with adrian thorpe from thorpe effects there's probably going to be some other q and a things as well with some other brands that's going to be great but if you do fancy coming to that dear listener um then uh brightonguitarshow.co.uk get your tickets and check out all the things that are happening there it's a one day event down at the race course in brighton on a saturday so you get to come down to sunny brighton um for a day of guitars and cool stuff like that so do check that out um let's do a podcast naomi Joe and JD. <laughs> My voice has changed since playing, sli- since playing slightly heavier music. <laughs> well, yes. Well, okay. So let's let's obviously that's what I'm most excited to talk about. Let's let's talk about that. So you um, you are now the the bass player in uh, Empire State Bastards. Is it Bastard or Bastards? Uh, just one, just one, bastard. just one bastard. Empire yeah. State Bastard. Yeah. You are now the bass player in Empire State Bastard, which features a, an entourage of of super famous people. Um, Simon Neal from um, from Biffy Clyro, who occasionally, every now and again, I'll always say Sam Neal, who is of course the star in Jurassic Park, mm. um, <laughs> but they are different people, quite different. And uh, you've uh, checked. Have you ever seen them in the same room? That is a good point. Mm. I have not. That is an excellent point. Well made. Um, and uh, and what, what's his what's his who's what's the Slayer drummer's name? I always forget. Dave Lombardo. Dave Lombardo. I had one, to, of my, one of my favorite drummers. <laughs> I had to write it down. It is yeah. It is of course the in- incomparable, incomparable Dave Lombardo on drums and yes. the magnificent Mike Mike Venart. Mike Venart, Venart. Yes. Mike Venart. I think Mike emphasizes the Ven rather than the Does Art. Mm. Yes, yes. I've always said Venart. Um, Diagrams, so. lad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that I mean, that's uh, that's absolutely incredible that you that uh, that you're in that, and you've got to play some absolutely awesome super mega shows as well. We yeah, so we are. Um, I'm I'm just on live duties. I should I should clarify. Um, Mike actually played bass on the um, on the album itself. Right. Wonderful bassist, no surprises there. Um, but yes, I've picked up live duties um, to bring their, frankly, petrifying music to the to the masses. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we had a, a quick little run in the UK, uh, three shows, um, three very intimate shows to kick things off. That was back at the end of March. Um, and then we've quite a busy summer ahead with right. uh, some festivals. And what lays beyond that, I do not know just yet, but it's um, all very exciting, super exciting for the guys. Uh, for Mike and Simon, the project was many years, I think, in the in the workings. Yes. So I, f- I feel very lucky to have gotten to um, board the train um, almost mm-hmm. at full speed, as it were. What an what an amazing thing to get to be a part of! Now, did uh, did did you have? Because of course we we're, we're kind of we're we're friends with uh, with Mike's partner Jess, both yes. you and I and Naomi, and mm-hmm. uh, and and so therefore you know sort of sort of friends with Mike. Um, 
and and, and so did, you, did he just like ask you to join or did were you we made to audition actually both of those things happened. oh really <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i had met mike i think twice i'd met mike and jess because of course um a little bit like uh crossing paths with your good self joe just had sort of friends in common and i think yeah. it might have been a gig down in sheffield that i first met um that i first got to meet mike and jess and so yeah there hadn't been a, a massive big friendship there was just sort of meeting via pals and being like oh you do cool music, you do cool music, that sort of thing. Um, so it was a little bit out of the blue. Uh, Mike reached out and uh, basically said he had this thing lined up. Um, and I'll be honest, it sounded so wild. A part of me was like <laughs> waiting for the punchline. I was like, that, that's not real. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, to, to, um, to cut a long story a little shorter, he um, sort of asked me to audition. This was early last year, early uh, 22, um, asked me to audition. I had to play two tracks that, um, himself and Simon sent me, um, which I just re I, I really need to like set the scene here because it was in the living room of my flat with, you know, no beyond fairy lights. There's just nothing to sort of visually suggest sort of, mathy grindcore do you know what i mean and, right. and what they needed to see which completely fair um was a, a video you know like not just an audio recording where i could have um i could have comped and i could have edited you know it's right, it's, right. It's, it's, it's good and thorough if you've not got the chance to sort of meet someone uh irl and have them play in front of you to request a video but yeah i had, I had quite the comedy sort of trying to trying to give them the full performance element, which is what they asked for in the absolutely calm and serene lighting of my own living room through headphones as well. Cause obviously it was so, <laughs> so vicious sounding. I didn't want to go full volume. So that was, that was quite a fun little jaunt. Um, and then yeah, to, um, to fast forward a few months, Mike um, gave me the call. I'd finished work. I was sat in the car park, super tired one, like, you know, rainy Thursday or something in October. And Mike was like, well, just can't let you know you got the gig. And um, oh. I think I hung up from the call. It was quite brief. And I said the F word really loudly in my car over and over and over. I like, <laughs> I went from cool as a cucumber to having just, just a little brief flash of like, oh my God, this is really cool. This is real cool. Nice. And then I had to go back to being cool as a cucumber. And that is how I, that's how I've remained since, but for, but for a few flashes of, um, a few flashes of sort of, uh, realizing the, the kind of magnitude of who I'm getting to play with and what I'm getting to play and the joy of being a session musician, which is doing justice to other people's art. So the whole thing has just been, um, a, a true honor if if nothing more happened with it 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 would have been up till now just the the greatest uh greatest and most joyous honor to get to play with those guys that's very very cool uh, oh, yeah. dear dear listener I, I i realized that of course uh you you dear listener also know jess because uh, uh, uh mike venart's partner jess because she does all the artwork for guitar nerds um, she draws all the pictures of all of us and, and made the logo and all of that stuff. Yeah, um, awesome illustrator. In fact, when I first met Jess Joe uh, in person, 
I had a funny little moment of saying, it's really nice to meet you. We've not met before, but you've drawn me. (laughs) (laughs) It was nice Uh, to be able to be like, it's nice to meet you. Thanks for getting my septum piercing correct in the drawing. That was cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She's great. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but you, you've had to have quite a dramatic change in equipment for this because, of course, the the get because you know you you play played a lot of oh, of course you have long normal scale bases, but you played a lot of short scale bases, several Broncos, things like that, um, amplifiers, I guess, and and rigs because you did do a lot of session work. They have to be the sort of things that uh, work in any given situation. And an awful lot of session work is going to be poppier, more indie style stuff. So Mm -hmm. like lots of cleans, lots of, uh, um, I guess, uh, lots of depth and texture to sound. And you've gone from needing that from a bass and an amplifier and a pedal board to, uh, how, how do you describe the genre of Empire State Bastard? It's, Somewhere between R and B, between grindcore meets metal meets yeah meets chaotic noise. Yes. It's it's that it's that, dear listener. So what you need is a is a bass rig that puts out an awful lot of volume, an awful lot of gain, and then a pedal board that can you know can accentuate that in a lot of different ways. And a bass guitar that can handle low tunings and be very lively and uh, aggressive sounding. So it's kind of quite a different rig from what you 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 normally have. So I presume you had to see you had to replace everything, or you had to seek out a completely new setup. Pretty much everything, yeah. Now I think I think I've I must have spoken on the podcast before now about my sort of trusty two P bases that have lurked in the background the whole time I've been banging on about Broncos historically. Right. Um, I So I sort of practiced and geared up um, and sort of learned the album on both my classic vibe Squire P and my um, deluxe active PJ. Right. Sort of, that's uh, the... The the deluxe active that's the seafoam seafoam green one yeah. with the with the PJ and the maple neck yeah. with is it black blocks is it yes correct it's surf pearl I'm surf remembering surf pearl yeah that's it yeah. um so I sort of prepped um prepped on those two bases into the stomp into Ableton really running the track I did I did all my prep very um very sort of just solo practice mode um yeah. but then yeah to to bring everything to life uh, required definitely a change but also a little bit of a funny boomerang because obviously my my background has um has been so sort of heavy inspired and right. play the biggest curb you can find you know <laughs> like what's the loudest amp we can use i don't know maybe that one you know pointing randomly at amps that look cool and seeing what sticks i mean that was my that was my sort of upbringing musically but um <clears throat> Yeah, so having sold a lot of that to move into session world, I've now had to sort of um, very happily uh, point that finger at, um, at new, newer, better, um, and heavier versions of of the same genre of gear. So the huge prize amidst all of this has been getting a new bass, of course. Um, I'm now rocking a Charvel Sandimas Four, um, Sandimas P in lime green metallic. I know we've talked about it on the pod before. Um, <laughs> Have we, we talked about that bass? I mean, yeah, we did. I we, think I, when it I, came out. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. When, when they dropped, I'm pretty sure we had quite a fruity argument about that color. Actually. <laughs> um, yeah. So 
Wow, just what a base, what a base. Um, I had tried them unplugged um, in some stores when I'd sort of seen them after we had talked about them on the pod. Hadn't plugged one in, and so I took a little bit of a punt. I thought, looking at the specs, I thought, right, nice slim neck. Um, unfinished neck as well. Baked suits me as great. well, isn't it? Uh, yes, baked and baked. Um, Active-passive um, push-pull pot and PJ pickups and just cool, weird looks. It all just fit me super well on paper and my it's God. A, re- a reverse P as well, isn't it? Yes, it's it is a reverse P. Yeah. yeah. Um, which and I'm what, already what, what EQ of. is it? Do you get three band or two band? Three band. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So it is, it does everything. It's one of those active instruments that does everything. Weirdly, there's like no competition for that on the market mm. at the moment. I'm sure when I worked at GAC, like every other bass was active and had like three bands of EQ and PJ was super common. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's just not a, a lot of it. Certainly if you want a classic look, if you, you know, it's classic, it's lime green, but it's, uh, I'm going to have to beep that, <laughs> but, uh, but it's, uh, um, it, it's, it's, it's still a, a precision based body, but, um, yeah, there's there's nothing that looks retro. There's not a lot that looks retro out there that's that's doing that. That's mm-hmm. giving you those sort of active PJ things. So, I'm not sure yeah. you had an awful lot of choice in getting something like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, what I was not prepared for though was just just how characterful it sounds. Right. It sounds wild. It is the liveliest sounding bass I've ever played, let alone owned. Um, I pretty much have been running it in passive because active sounds awesome and definitely with the rest of the rig sounds absolutely freaking huge but at times a bit too lively it's it's just wild was not prepared for um for that obviously um i'll be i'll be trying out different strings i'll be trying out different picks you know as i go as i as i as i get to know the bass a bit better um but the most aggressive bass um and they're really affordable right they're like yeah 800 quid or something like that i mean it's sorry dear listen it's not really affordable i appreciate it but it's it's affordable for a base that does all of those things it's not over a grand is what i'm saying completely yeah completely and anyone who's sort of heard me on the pod before knows i'm i'm quite the budget queen i am i really really enjoy getting the best out of uh instruments in the sort of sub sub 800 sub 1000 category because i think there are just so many gems at that at that sort of uh general price point so it's just been fantastic i've been um so so grateful to get to uh own it and to play it and it has yeah set the tone for the rest of the rig for sure um getting to have a load of fun with a bunch of new pedals i'm getting to finally play um an orange ad 200 b well, let's um, talk about that, shall we? The the amplifier choice. So you've gone for the the AD two hundred, which, dear listener, is the massive all valve proper looks like an orange amp, orange bass amplifier that they've done for years. The AD two hundred must have been in production for at least twenty years now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's exact um, its exact birth year, um, but it is an amp that I have just seen on stage so many so many times over the years coming up and always, always my ears have perked up to it. Um, uh, how it handles, uh, both clean and aggro tones. Um, just the beauty of its gain. So it it just sounds effortlessly sort of effortlessly full and serious and solid in a way that many other brilliant amps in their own ways just don't quite cut. Um, 
And then also for the job at hand, I think, um, to myself and Mike, when we spoke about it, when we spoke about what, what gear to sort of put in for me for the gig, um, it, it, it just made sense. It, it, it was really the only one that made sense. And then also there's so much interplay, um, because of sort of Simon and my, well, Mike and Simon's, um, sort of collaboration on on the sort of guitar and bass interplay it it had to complement what mike is doing guitar wise right. and anyone who's not heard mike venert play guitar he's just a wizard of tone he is so thoroughly studied in um in his guitar sound over the years um so yeah he is rocking um orange and mad amp uh stereo rig on this gig of course. <laughs> so, uh, yeah so the AD200B uh, just complemented that perfectly um, Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. What yeah, did you go for, uh, So two OBC410s. <laughs> that's great they do yeah. an 810 though don't they they do yeah this was this was just how um we we had one already so it just made sense to add add another and i don't know arguably make the load in easier it's not really easier is it when <laughs> <It's> so heavy <laughs> orange caps are so heavy they i really ton. don't know if two four tens is better than one eight ten <laughs> for load ins and outs um but yeah of course totally um it just formed a perfect wall behind me um both oops both um in rehearsals and on stage yeah it's it's i think the mark of a good amp is sort of dialing in what you need and not having to think about it not having to tweak it um the set for that band isn't massively varied there's sort of like three sort of sounds that i sort of dance around a very sort of squared off fuzz kind of tone um for the very down-tuned stuff. We go as low as B-flat. So Right, um, wow. On a four-string yeah. as well. On a four-string, yeah, exactly. Um, so it's in drop C usually. Um, so D standard with D, san- D standard dropped to C. Right. And then um, for some bits, we go down to B-flat and the the amp had to handle it, the pedals had to handle it, the bass had to handle it. So, um, yeah, all of these were sort of uh, considerations that we had to make in in building the rig. Um, and yeah, the the AD two hundred handled the the clean moments without me having to change anything about what's dialed in. Running it pretty much at unity, handled them lovely. Handled the um, Handle the pedals that sounded uh, potentially a tiny bit more guitar geared in my headphones, and then through the amp, they just completely came to life perfectly for bass. 
Um, and again, that's just the mark of a brilliant amp is well, one that sort of yeah is so effort- tried weirdly and, and effortlessly just complements and does justice to your pedals. You know, yeah, it's yeah, it's they're such great. The the orange bass cabs that weigh a ton and they're made out of marine ply mm-hmm. and the AD two hundred head. I feel like they've been in production for twenty years at least, and probably without any change. And the reason is because they got them really right when they made them they're you know they're fantastic sounding amplifiers though you know before i played ashdown i played the the, um uh, orange stuff and Mm -hmm. uh, yeah it was always really really good and kind of i feel like if you want like a big valve head and your choice is an ampeg svt which they they there's spent a long a long time not being made that well and they have a really specific Mm -hmm. sound i know everyone loves the ampeg sound don't get me wrong but if you don't it makes it hard to find like a good valve alternative and Mm -hmm. an orange the 8200 is absolutely the best valve alternative out there yeah. for it they are it's it's also the only i hope i'm correct on this i'm fairly certain it's the only all valve base head that they make as well it it, mm. it is yeah because i think, the, I think the everything things, else is is either hybrid or solid yeah that's right yeah they do uh they, they they've they've really sort of done a bunch of weird stuff recently they did like their two and four stroke heads which were mm-hmm. weird for orange because they had like loads of eq options which i feel like that's not what you go to orange for and they yeah. were solid state and they did they previously had their like oh i can't remember what they called it oh their ob1 or the, the, the ob1 500 i think yeah. was one of the last before it yeah that's right, and that I, I had one of those, and that was good. That was solid state, but solid state without a valve in the preamp always has a, a weird sort of um, clinical sound to me. Mm. That I, I, mm-hmm. I wasn't a hundred percent in on, but it mm-hmm. was. Um, they sounded great, and then of course there was the terror base stuff, which is which is just a valve pre uh, with a solid state power section. I think that's right. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. I think. I think that's memory correct. serves it, it is, that, and I mean the the Terra base is fantastic sounding. I have played an OB one five hundred and really liked it as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah. For this gig, it was one of those rare opportunities where practicality can sort of afford to go out the window just that little bit. That must bit. have been and really nice when it's such a governing a, a true thing. treat. Honestly, yeah. like a true treat because if it were me, I would be you know. I would be going, what is the small, what can go in my backpack in case I need to abandon my car and get on a train or a bus? <laughs> that would be my, my thought process otherwise. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk about pedals, um, and, and pedal board and stuff like that, because I guess, uh, did you have to have much of a pedal board if everything just had to, did, was there like, well, just one default tone that you were going for? Did you have to do several different things? Really, there was um, only two default tones that I sort of had to go for. One very solid, driven tone that could kind of be the the middle of the road for playing through the album. Um, And then what was sort of prescribed to me was a slightly more rat tone to um, to sort of toggle in on top of that for certain sections that need like a really, really smooth note. So um, like there are some sections in the Empire album that are like, very very long notes where Simon's doing awesome melodic stuff vocally and Dave is just like on like solid double bass just like epic (laughs) absolutely (laughs) epically um heavy sections that just require really really long fuzzed out smooth notes so um that was the main thing that was prescribed just have a have a super super solid driven sound and um something that you can sort of knock in that is sort of a little more fuzzy a little more boosted 
Um, and then there are one or two uh, little clean moments um, huh. that just required sort of a nice, a nice pre. So, I mean, if I was to really pare it down, I, I probably could have done um, like a, a three pedal board for this. I probably could have done a nice, a nice pre. I mean, I used the the VT bass, which um, I've always been a fan of. Um, oh, the Sans amp. Yes, yeah. it's very good. It's just a classic, isn't it? Yes, exactly. Yeah, nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with it. Can't really go wrong um, on any setting, but you can easily dial in um, plenty. Uh, I mean, interestingly, even the I, I even found the Sandimas a little aggressive going into the going into the VT base. So I um, that was kind of why I ended up going to the uh, passive setting on it most of the time. Um, on on the bass that is, right. um, and then the go to the go to driven sound um, that turned into my always on uh, was made up of two pedals. One was the Fairfield Circuitry Barber Shop. Have you guys heard of this? Um, I mean, I know Fairfield Circuitry, but no, I don't know that pedal. JD, I, I've heard of it, but yeah, yeah. go ahead, Naomi. Yeah, so it is. Um, I believe they produced this before and it is now a reissue but as a super simple um basically jfet style drive it is absolutely stunning um its controls are simply volume drive sag um and then there's a tone switch as well um which can kind of kick in a little more high uh, but it just worked stunningly on bass um Fairfield are an absolutely awesome company. They are Canada-based, I believe. Um, They do the Long Life, which is an amazing um, EQ. They do the Model B, which is an always-on. I hadn't actually seen an always-on before, so there's no foot switch on the always-on. It's Mm. the barbershop just with no foot switch. Um, I love it. They have such a utilitarian look to their pedals as well. Yeah, completely. It's just the hammered steel and then stamped logos. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, So, yeah, very very utilitarian, as you say, very sort of um, unified in in their sort of styling, both sonically and... uh, Visually, so that became my always on the um, the barbershop Millennium Overdrive. I'm just seeing is its full name. I paired that with the 1981 Inventions DRV drive. Wow! wow. <laughs> yeah, just what a classic! What an absolute joy of a pedal. Um, this like this stunned me. I knew it was a very hyped um, pedal for guitar. I hadn't actually checked out any sort of demos on bass um, right. before before picking it up and adding it to the board. Um, and my oh my, it was just it, it's just such a stunningly glossy, like well formed, rich drive um, with an active bass going into it is super powerful as well. Um, Again, my favorite, just super simple controls, not like nothing really that can go wrong with it. Um, this, yeah, so this, I had ever so slight questions over it when I was just sort of on headphones practicing. I did wonder, you know, this sounds absolutely beautiful. Am I losing a little bit of low end? But the minute I actually heard it in the room, um, plugged into the AD200, that all that all completely faded away. Um, right. It sounded so full, so rich, um, and so full range. Um, it is, yeah, it is worth every, every iota of hype that that's behind that pedal is worth <laughs> it, is worth it in my opinion. Um, 
shall I keep going? These were so these were yeah, kind of the the core always on. So the VT base into the Fairfield Barbershop into the 1981 DRV. Is there anything that's not a drive on your pedal board? Do you ever need do you, do you need modulation or anything like that or any delays or reverbs? No, on this gig. Right. No. So um I well, I may as well tell you how I was running it because the my beloved stomp was was the brains running everything. Um, oh, I see. Yeah, so I had an extremely simple patch um, on my stomp, which uh, if anyone has listened to episodes with myself on the pod before, the stomp has basically formed my my always in the gig bag for sort of any session work I've done. But in this case, um, I simply was using a compressor. Um, was running the clean through it and then in parallel I was running the effects loop. So had my clean signal coming out and then all of the drives and fuzzes uh as an as a parallel as a parallel in the effects loop. Oh that's that's one of the real advantages of the stomp being able mm-hmm. to do that. You know it's one of the things I, I struggle with with the boss MS3 is, is that you can't run anything alongside it it's just oh can you not right it's just a single chair i mean it's good in that most of the effects have a clean blend on Mm -hmm. them Mm -hmm. which is handy but it's still that's still not the same because you still have to set that per pedal per per effect and so they can almost uh stack almost on top of it it's it's basically difficult to use you know it doesn't give you the same versatility i don't know think about that about the stomp that's that's very handy so what you just had so all the drive pedals were just in the effects loop and then and oh that's very very smart yes i had um i had a boss ns2 in there as well this is the ns2 the simple the the super simple noise suppressor that was old and uh decay i think just those two controls yeah yeah versatile um and the reason i had that in there was um the craziest loudest sounding pedal i've ever heard in my entire life (laughs) um came after the drv and the barbershop and that is the does it doom agartha are you guys familiar no No. what is this or are you familiar with does it doom no i've never heard of this oh joe get ready oh it's so ready (laughs) (laughs) So um, I didn't know a huge amount about um, Does It Doom before. Uh, this was completely recommended to me by Mike. Um, but Does It Doom, yeah, as a brand, I mean, it, it sort of a, does what it says in the tin, just a range of pedals, <laughs> just beautifully uh-huh. built for all things Doom, all things Stoner, all things down-tuned. Right. Um, and then the, and yeah, visually, they're, yeah, just very... Um, I mean, very, f- very fitting artwork and pedal fittings as well. Uh, I think sure. most, I actually think all of the current catalog, with the exception of one pedal, I think other than that, all of them are single knob pedals. Right. <laughs> I mean, how how beautifully control. simple can you get? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Just just a, a single knob, one massive control. So the um, Agartha. I hope I'm. Uh, pronouncing it correctly is um a drone distortion pre is how it's described and what it combines is the suno model t amp and a rat <laughs> right. and so what you get is just this drone magic where the that that one knob uh basically dials between just the sort of sun um sun model t amp tone and then you further dial in the sort of really heavy loud squared off sound of the um rat um 
without a shadow of a doubt, the most aggressive sounding pedal I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> so I think af- after about a day of rehearsals, um, there was a call made, which was, we need a noise suppressor. <laughs> um, and yeah, it, it, it worked wonders. So it gets, yeah, it gets dialed in the, um, the ag- ag- Agartha um, in some of the heavier parts of this gig. I see. I see. Uh, just looking at this, does it doom? They have one which is their what is it? I don't remember what it's called. The Doom Saw, which is just a HM2, like a dimed HM2 one knob. The knob is grief. It's so good. That's so, so good. Well, oh, what more can you um, ask for? Um, I think I, I think the company is. Um, is US based. I know. I know the site is in dollars, but um, everything I've heard, every single demo I've heard of, does it doom? I just could not recommend them more. If uh, doom and sort of stoner and, as I say, down tune vibes are your thing, um, they are yeah, magically built pedals. Uh, yes, they 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 look fantastic. But exactly the sort of thing that you need a, a noise suppressor for. How did you run the noise suppressor just after it, or did you run the the Agatha in the effects loop of the noise suppressor? I didn't run it in the effects loop of the noise suppressor. I simply ran it into right into the noise oh, suppressor. So. Yeah, and go. then on the end, then I had um, I had two pedals, uh, not one but two, by a pedal builder from Dublin called Moose Electronics. I don't know if you guys are familiar. No. God, oh. everything you do is so niche now, Naomi. <laughs> Get out of my space. I've, I've literally gone from Squire is God to, <laughs> <laughs> to completely the I mean Squire still is God to me. You know, uh Broncos till I till I D.I.E. But um yeah, you're you're not wrong, Mary Joe. I have sort of gone into gone deep into niche town. However, um, These look great. Yeah, Moose as a pedal builder, um, I seriously would recommend that you uh, perhaps even hit him up for for an interview because his his story is just so interesting. Mm. Um, the cosmic trigger, the battle hammer, the nomad, the sledgehammer. Yeah, yeah. he's a uh, these he, these he, he does it right. <laughs> he does it right for sure. So, Kean is the guy's name. He has um, I've sort of known him from around from the sort of heavy music scene in Dublin for for many many years, and he's been building pedals I think since around oh nine or ten maybe. Right. Um, you know, and was sort of um, selling them like building and selling sort of amongst peers for a long time, and then you know went into sort of fully like screen printing these and sort of. Um, producing sort of higher volumes of them and it's it's awesome you know bands like Gilliband and Fontaines and um many other big names are now using using his pedals and and raving about them so at the end of the board I have the Turbo Lover Distortion um again a name that I love um super simple um distortion with really high gain for kind of chugging and like anything that's a little bit more leady I sort of uh, pop it on for moments um Absolutely awesome sounding for bass. And then the sledgehammer is a little more comprehensive. It's a slightly wider pedal. It's a uh, you get a clean blend as well by the looks of it yes. on the sledgehammer. Yes, and you do. and a decent amount of mids. You get two oh, you get a, a mid control and one of those mid frequency controls so that you can mm-hmm. 
isolate which bit of the mids you're boosting or cutting. That's that's kind of handy. Exactly. That looks great, that. actually. What, what what sort of is that distortion again, or is that more in overdrive? Um, so it's it describes itself as a drive drive distortion pre. Um, right. I have it dialed in sort of more as a, as a drive than a distortion because I'm using it next to a distortion, so I kind of swap right. between the two. Um, but the the clean blend is fantastic on that. Um, and yeah, like you say, having a parametric mid control has been fantastic because at times I've sort of felt the need to kind of tame what the Sandemus is doing because it's right. it's just so lively um, and and big sounding. So the sledgehammer has been fantastic for it. It is a really unbelievable pedal. I, I'm surprised I hadn't brought it up um, on the pod until now. To be honest, it's been it's been out a few years, but well well worth checking out. I would say. Everything um, on this uh, Moose um, electronic uh, website, which is uh, moose23.com is the website. 20 and 3 are the words, not the numbers, dear listener. Um, they, have, they all look fantastic. I'm going to watch a bunch of videos and then probably buy something after this podcast. Yeah. Oh, no, the sledgehammer's out of stock. Nah. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh. Yeah, it would not surprise me to uh, to watch you fall in love with with several of his builds. The Nomad Fuzz as well, um, I've tried many times, is is fantastic as well. Um, so, yeah, a lot of sort of, um, again, sort of sun and rat-based builds there. And, right. um, yeah, kind of op-amp inspired. Yeah, awesome. Awesome work by him. Uh, thus concludes my um, my board. Um, that is thank a, thank is you a for pretty... sticking with me. It was quite a quite a few bits. It, it's been a while since I had such a such a big board. It was honestly, it was about sort of five six years ago that I last had a sort of seven eight pedal board. So it's been and, and they're really... all doing the same thing, Naomi. They're all different flavors of the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> because that's all that's needed. I know, no, no, that's totally cool. I just, it's just amazing to have such a big board of things that are just drives. But um, ah, that is that is awesome. What an awesome setup. Um, yeah, how how very cool. We were a uh, dear listener after we after we finish this episode. We're worth knowing after the, we finish this episode, we're going to be heading over to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash katanas, where each week we answer a question of the week, which we take questions, things that have been said from um, the Katanas Facebook group, Katanas group on Facebook. Um, this week, I don't know kind of what we're going to talk about. I've, I've written like four or five things down that people have been talking about. Peter Pesce has got himself a Grez. There are so many of us now with Grez mm-hmm. guitars um, on the group. So maybe we'll talk a little about that. Brandon Ivy's talked about gear horror stories. Maybe we'll talk about, um, I talk about that. Thomas Adelgren's taken some time off of buying gear and, uh, disgusting. I th- yeah, I know, which is which is weird. <laughs> but, you know, other people commented on the fact that, yeah, you know, even the secondhand markets got so expensive. So I thought maybe we could talk about, yes, gear prices have soared, but there is there are still hidden gems out there, dear listener. Maybe we'll give Thomas some advice on what he can get back into buying. Um, and then we've got some other, Phil, uh, Phil, Phil Radomski's looking for the, the best amplest rig pedal. I know that's something we've talked around before, but it's it's always worth uh, going back over it because it's such an ever-changing market as the world moves more towards being ampler. So we're going to go and talk about those things afterwards. Um, before we do, as we're sort of on this, you know, we've been talking a whole bunch about you know, distortion, drive pedals, pedals for bass, things like that. I'm sorry, dear listener, inevitably we are talking about a bunch of bass stuff. Um, JD, I think you've actually finally, we're at a point where you've had a solid bunch of time with 
the massive amount of KMA <laughs> machines yeah. purchases that you made after the uh, after the Birmingham guitar show. Because you know, st- talking of that, uh, um, that the like that one knob uh, HM2 style yeah. uh, pedal. Uh, you you got the Worm Two, right? Yeah, the KMA, yeah, the the Worm Two, which is their sort of like super HM2. It's an HM2 with an extra two bands of EQ, and then they have like a voicing switch on it, dear listener. So you can have something inspired by the Boss HM2 voicing. You can have the KMA voicing, which is much broader and actually Mm. works very well for bass because of that. Or you can have a stacked blend of the two. I think that's that's kind of the deal with it. How have you found – now you've had some time with that. How have you found that for bass? Yeah, I – I really like it. I I have so the the voicings on a toggle switch. So I, I tend to keep it at the the KMA voicing, but I'll say it's a it's sort of volume volume gain and then high high mid low mid lows, which I find especially for like the HM2 is like really useful because I get it's in the mids that I always get really fussy about my sounds and will you know that's what really makes or breaks a distortion for me um it's definitely so i would say like hm2 is not wouldn't be my sort of if i had to pick one distortion it's probably not the one i take with me but let's face it when have i ever taken just one distortion (laughs) with me (laughs) um so i find it's it's great for doing what it does that that hm2 style just like really well i like it really dimed like the classic like chainsaw with that really like honky mid yeah But I also like I find this, but it 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 doesn't really get to like overdrive territory. Like it's always a really aggressive distortion. But I find that with the that I can get it when when the the gain knob is called terror on this pedal. Like have it, you know, down towards I don't know, like eight o'clock or something like that. That it's that it's it's a very usable grindy grindy distortion that reminds me um i was trying to think of the song oh it reminds me a bit of there's a ghost song called pinnacle to the pit which is one of my favorite bass tones um just like the the very start of the song and it's one of those that just it's very distorted in your face but um being able to go for that or just like outright onslaught of noise because a lot of the stuff i'm doing now is is back more in the the noisier territories and just creating sort of sonic walls and stuff and trying to fill different spaces so it really lets me hit that um highs and sort of piercing sort of uh distortion that i that i really like that i don't often have in my other settings for you know big woolly fuzzes and things like that Awesome. Do you miss having a clean blend on it? Because you get a clean blend on the KMA Guardian of the Worm, which I love for bass. And I find the clean blend to be quite an essential part of that. Yeah, I I think I really would. Um, It's because, like, everything I'm, I think, well, I think if anything, that would really open up possibilities for what I could use it for. I think what I have been using this one for is, is intentionally like a, a destruction machine you know so it's sort of like the clean blend is is eh, neither here nor there really and and i have other ways to kind of get a clean blend if i really want to like i have other pedals that have the built-in effects loops i could run this in that um that would give that allow me to have a clean blend but i i, I 
I think I would really like it. Like if there's a worm three coming out, you know, um, <laughs> would it, would it make me get a worm three just for that? Uh, probably. But, um, Don't, yeah, did you I, get I, the KMA blender. No, Did I, I didn't. No, oh. I didn't get the blender. No, that was one. That was that was one. Where I was like, this. This feels like a bridge too far. Um, for, <laughs> for for now, I mean, talk to me in two more episodes, and we'll we'll see we'll see what's there. But yeah, no, that one that one I didn't actually get. So I I just have at the moment. Um, my KMA collection is Quikoi One, Quikoi Two, the Moai Mea, which is the other sort of analog octave, um, the Worm Two. The chief disruptor, which is the super duper big muff, and the uh, cirrus, which is the sort of reverb delay modulation, sort of big sound make box. So. Yeah, I see. I see. Yeah, the, well, I guess the the you know the chief disruptor. That's that's uh, a, a muff with a clean blend, and the heavy mm. setting on it is 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 so intense it's almost gated. So you kind of can get some really like distorty tones out of that. I find. They call they call it a uh, I think they call it a fuzz distortion, which is quite appropriate because I think it does more than a big muff would. It's not yeah. just that scooped sound. Yeah, well, there's just there's just so many options for it, and you know I, I've spoken before. Like one of my, I mean, actually at the moment, my literal favorite big muff sound of all time right now is is the Thorpey Fallout Cloud, um, but the Chief right. Disruptor. Which and then that one's just a sort of a classic big muff sort of you know volume. You basically you have volume, treble, bass, and gain. You know, so you're sort of looking at like those sort of those sort of options, which is great. Uh, no clean blend does you know does what it does. That's that's what I'll use likely when it's just big swells, long notes, those sorts of just like punishing bits. Um, but the chief yeah. disruptors is the thing that is on my board now. Um, for like rehearsals and and stuff because it it just does so much and i'm really playing through everything and it sounds it sounds great it's i i mean i'd recommend it to everybody because it, it just right and because i'm such a i'm such a big muff freak that i i love all like i just they're always my favorite fuzz distortions that i i you know i I mean, you've seen my distortion collection. It's ridiculous. And I always end up going back to like a big muff or a big muff style something. And I think the chief disruptor just, there's just so many options that it does that it, you know, cause it has like, you were talking about before, like there's a heavy setting, but it's, you basically have like a toggle for tight vintage or heavy sort of options. You get like three big flavors of big muff just with that switch. There's overall low and high switch. There's clean blend. There's, a mid cut and boost, which is on a separate foot switch as well. There's an overall top boost, which I usually don't use, but I do find myself using in this new, um, this new band I'm in. And then, you know, like a mid frequency. So you can actually set the, the midpoint, um, for the cue there. And it's just, it, and I mean, you can choose to have the EQ pre or post gain stage as well. Yeah, I think. Yeah. And I, I think it's, it's really, and like, it, I would say like sort of demoing it with like headphones or recording. It doesn't like that pre post didn't really, I didn't notice the difference that much, but as soon as I was in a room where, you know, I was playing loudly, quite loudly that it, (laughs) (laughs) that it like flicking that switch, like makes a massive amount of difference of like where the EQ was and, and being able to have all those options. And the fact that each one of the, like the, the, 
tight, vintage, heavy, and the the pre posts are on toggles while in the top boost is is great if I'm switching bases or something like that. Because if I go from right. like a stone, like because I mostly playing my Stonefield or my the aluminium Kramer, that it's you know it's just it it really lets you be able to sort of quickly change voicings dramatically, but you know between songs without actually having to to do much. I've never actually actually thought about that before with with changing instruments mid-set and how switching rather than pots can on a pedal can make that can make that sort of switch up really, really instantaneous and handy. I was gonna ask you as well, like do you use the mids foot switch? Do you kind of do you like to sort of set like two levels on the chief disruptor or do you usually just on off it? I I do I do use it because there's a couple so that's I I sort of use the mids boost as more like I never really get like a scooped sound with the the way I set up my big muff usually. Like it's it's mm-hmm. just this big, huge thing. But the, Full the, on the but the mids than. being able to like sort of tweak like um like pinging the frequency a bit higher so that if I click that on it it's if I'm playing like a faster line where I actually want definition. Where a lot of times when I'm really what I end up doing with big muff is is trying to. It's playing Doom stuff, but much faster, you know? So I, I all I want is like this big rumbly mess of gnarliness. Um, and if I'm doing that, like I'll have the mids sort of low, but I, I sort of use the mids just as sort of an overall, a bit of a bit of a tone switch, but yeah. also, but also more as um, it, it just kind of like a, a general boost. If I want a little bit more volume, like overall, like there are certain parts where, I I standing out here because it's like the dramatic bit of the song or something. Mm. So you can just use it to like step it up. That's really yeah. cool. It's I mean also it looks really cool. <laughs> like it's it's a really cool looking pedal. But it's yeah I I'm glad I was finally convinced to buy one. You know because like Joe you you <laughs> said how great it was for so long and then I was like yeah yeah I mean but I have like twenty other big moths and surely surely I don't need yet another one. And it's like oh yeah it's 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 the one that's on my board and it's it is very good yeah it is yeah it is an extremely good pedal i i have a version of the chief disruptor that they printed for me for christmas that has santa on it instead of the next to a to a tree and it says my name in the chief disruptor font as well can, can, oh joe that's so cool that's so cool, cool, cool can we get some lovely. Can we get some made where Jess would do the draw? So we could have the drawings of us, oh, and then and idea. <laughs> yeah. chief disruptors. Then, yeah. yeah. Well, I know that Bruce listens to this podcast, so there you go, Bruce. If, uh, you're, yeah. if you're interested, you know, well, super I've, subtle I've hint. I've got a call with him tomorrow at ten thirty. So, oh, actually, the podcast won't be out before then. This, this is in the past, <laughs> Bruce. I hope we had a good chat. Yeah. This but, is your uh, super subtle hint, please, yeah. please. And also, um, just chasing on action item number seven, if you could give action. Action- <laughs> <laughs> um, so what, what do you guys think about the Boss ODB3? You know, we, we've talked a lot about distortions and a lot of the buzzwords people are using for what they want. I feel like it's the it's the thing that the OD, the Boss ODB three did. Why why was is 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 that pedal been on either of your radars, Naomi? Was it on your radar at all to drive for any of these things? Regrettably, no. Reg- like. I feel like it gets overlooked. It's not a bad. I, I, no, pedal, you're JD. you're right. You're right. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm being super honest here. You know, I've I've 
I have, of course, played it over the years, and and I've watched uh, when I've worked in stores. I've watched it be a top seller. A lot of like it. A yeah. lot of people pick it up. You know, um, maybe maybe it's so so good at what it does. It's become one of my sleepers. You know, I th- I think I mean I will say I overlook it because I never I just never think about it I, when I I mean when I. Th- and it's probably different for bass for sure. But like when I think of Overdrive, I never think, oh, I should check out Boss stuff. You know, like it's never, it's never sort of top, top of mind for me. But I feel like those, because I think what, what, what are those? Like write it a hundred quid newish? Like they're, they're in that I, ballpark, I, I, I think. I realized I didn't have one uh, about a year ago, and I think I bought one off of eBay for 50 quid. Um, I I think the mistake that they've made is by calling it a bass overdrive. If they'd have called it bass high-frequency distortion, then then I'd have been like, oh, because that's what it does. It's a very fizzy fuzzy distortion tone way mm-hmm. more than it's an overdrive like you, you can't mm-hmm. really get with that. O- you can't get that organic breakup that i feel is overdrive it's distortion it sounds like an effect mm. on top of your sound not an exciter of your sound sort of thing yeah. and, the, and with that 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 the bass and the treble eq they're so like there's so much in them there's so much added low end and so much added high end if you if you rotate them and you know uh, the clean blend really helps because it's such a if it didn't say bass on it i would think it was a guitar drive because this it's so yeah so, so much high end from it but i feel like when it comes to full like i i took it off my board because i was like well i rarely need this level of distortion i need something a little bit more ampy a little bit more subtle but actually for big crazy stuff it's one of the cheapest pedals on the market that probably does a, a pretty good job i certainly feel like if you want ra- a rat style tone then the odb3 is a is a great alternative for that but no you you raise a really good point i sort of feel like in its um in its simplicity and probably in its its price point like how strange that you know as experienced musicians with ears who have all played this pedal that we do overlook but you're right you know you know you do think of it as sort of bass overdrive 101 if you've not heard it in a while um rather than the sort of powerful powerful distortion that it is i think yeah i think maybe in more recent years i've leaned i've leaned more on um the sort of modulation effects by boss than i have on the sort of drives like i've used the the bass driver what is is it the bb yeah, the BD1X. BD1X. Yes, BD1X. One. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, BD1X. I had a loan of that about two years ago. Loved it. Um, yeah, maybe maybe this is a good a good good reminder for me to to jump them back in on um on my next. I, I really like the BD1X. Not having a mid contr- a mids control on there, I think, is a problem mm. for yes, something that's I'd supposed to be that. a bass preamp. I, I need mm-hmm. to be able to control my mids. You can't just yeah. tell me where they're yeah. going to be. I have to. Yeah. You, you know, <laughs> everything's going to be different. Yeah, um, for sure. So that that was always the problem with that with that pedal. I found great for P basses, but as soon as mm. I was using a jazz or anything that had a natural scoop to it, your mids just disappears completely. Yeah, the scoop gets but, accentuated. Isn't hang on? Isn't the ODB three the same as well? Is there a mids? It, There's it, no mids. It, it, yeah. it doesn't have a mids control, but that matters a bit less on like a a crazy drive like that. True, you know, it's true. It's kind of almost when what it's you high and fizzy that, already, I guess. Yeah, 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 exactly. But um, but yes, it uh, it was. Yeah, cool. but there you I go. Mean, we we are. 
Sorry, go on. No, no, say like I think that's just a really good shout to like always, you know, sort of like what I was saying before with the whole, you know, I'll buy a lot of fancy things and always come back to like a a big muff. Like I think Mm -hmm. it's it's a really good, really good thing to to come back and be like, oh, what about what about just the Boss ODB three? You know, it's like yeah, right. I I could easily go check one out, and it will probably be as good or better than most of the things I already have. Yeah, Uh, I have exactly that with the rat. The rat is like the horrible, honky, super nasal sound that I always find myself coming back to. It's a great sounding drive. It just needs to be, for bass, it needs to be run with a clean blend of some form. But exactly. the guitar, yeah. the Proco Rat is just a perfect distorted sound that's kind of untoppable. Um, it's very good. We are, dear listener, coming quite close to the end of this podcast and rob we haven't done your topic of the week at all oh no uh, and it's such a good sorry, topic I'm, I'm so sorry i'm gonna have to bench it so dear listener i'm not gonna do a spin the wheel this week because i've got to give it to rob next week um and we will actually talk about the the uh the topics in detail then i promise i really i know i'm getting bad at this dear listener but i promise we will uh we will talk about these things um before we go before we go this week and i'm gonna talk about this in more depth on next week's podcast as well but dear listener and jd and naomi i have started collecting the gaia tone micro pedal series this pedal series dear listener they're amazing they have like a weird rubber base to them they they look like nothing you've ever seen but they're 80s pedals that were top mounted jacks they're so ahead of their time soft switch uh, foot switch, very. So I I've got the FL three, and again I'm gonna I'm gonna do a whole thing on this next week. I was looking for new pedals. I wanted to get Juan Alderete's sound from like the the later Mars Volta years. I watched some of the rig rundowns that he was doing for some of the bands post Mars Volta, and he had a bunch of of these Gaia Tone pedals. And I've recently become obsessed with Flanger and I was like, I wonder if this series did a Flanger. And they did the FL3. I listened to demos of it. It sounds absolutely amazing. So I got one for a very reasonable price. And just, you know, as as we go at the end of the podcast, I recorded a track with this. So this is a two control, just two controls on this flanger. You've just got rate and depth and like a little dip, a little switch with three presets. It doesn't do a lot. It basically removes bass the, the lower you go. So I've left it on one. Every single instrument on this track, excluding drums, um, has been has had the FL3 applied to it. And here's the thing about flanger. It gets overlooked for being the cheesiest modulation effect. What it is is the best modulation effect because you can get chorus tones from it, but you can get vibrato tones from it and you can get crazy flanger tones from it. So it's all I've used for everything, but every instrument I've used it in a completely different way and it is so wonderful and versatile and brilliant. Here's a little track um, that we made with it. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll play that now.
those tails at the end. Yeah, that <laughs> sound great. Well, that's what I mean. It was it was everything. It was doing crazy, almost tremolo. It was doing like slow vibrato. It does soft chorus sounds. It's the whole. It's shebang. so. It's such a vibey pedal. I mean, it's such a vibey effect overall. I'm a I'm a closeted flange freak. I would say. <laughs> I just rarely. It rarely seems to make it to any kind of recordings or performances mm. I've done. But I I. I love the sound of it. And the FL3, I did have a listen to a few demos earlier, Joe, before um, before coming on the pod. And it's it's so powerfully sweet. It's um, yeah. it's a really particularly sweet flange. Um, it's, flanger, it's great because it doesn't overpower. It's actually mm. kind of subtle. Like you could, mm-hmm. of course, push it and do those crazy things, but it's only two controls. There's not loads mm-hmm. of voicing options on there. You, you know, mm-hmm. And I find... When you think about flanger, you think about I don't know, like um, is it is it uh, are you going to go my way by Lenny Kravitz and stuff like that? Like, times where flanger has been used incredibly so so heavily that it almost overpowers the notes being played, or Barracuda or something like that. That's what you think of when you think of flanger. Oh, for sure. Or like and the Edge just- has used flanger exactly. to within an inch of its life at times. Exactly. And it's so much. I understand mm-hmm. why people go, oh, flange is tacky. I'd rather have a chorus. I'd rather have a vibrato or a, you know, or a phaser. But actually, carefully used, and if you find the right one. And, and I find that the, the Boss uh, BF3, I think their current one, is maybe a, a little trickier to get subtle tones out of. It's, it's quite mm-hmm. a full-on flange pedal. This, the, this guy tone, Perfect. Per- I-, I could have this on my board with no other modulation and kind of get everything out of it. I think it's going to replace my Dimension Chorus, mm. my DC oh, wow. 2W2. Yeah, two. yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to replace that on the board because I feel like it can do a similar thing. But Awesome. I really like the Dimension Chorus as well. I liked it. But this seems more, um, this seems more responsive in its... Um, it- it's a three-way switch, isn't it? The, the resonance. Yeah. That yeah, you're using right, to yeah. kind of get the almost entirely different effects out of. Very cool, very handy little pedal. I love how small it is as well for the board. Yes, exactly. It's That's it's actually one. deceptively large because it has this. Uh, oh. <laughs> it has a rubber base, which right. increases okay. the size of the pedal quite substantially. I've seen so lots footprint of people take. Bigger. Yeah, you could take the rubber base off. I just pulled it back and saw the amount of grime that is underneath this one, and I'm going to put that right back. But uh, no, I'm going to keep the rubber base on because I'm a dear listener. I'm hunting for every single one of those. These, unfortunately, Juan Alderete has ruined the base auto wah because he's said that it's better than his uh, his Moog uh, auto wah at one point. And I noticed that they go for about 350 quid now, whereas the rest of the range go for about 100, 150. So. I'll, uh, I'll powerful I'll words from the main mm. man <laughs> exactly. exactly anyway dear listener we have come to the end of this week's episode of the guitar nerds podcast the three of us are going to head over to patreon we're going to talk about some questions from the guitar nerds group but thank you as ever dear listener for sticking with us if you want to get hold of us for any reason, you can DM us on any of the social medias or email us on info at guitarnerds.net. If you've got any leads on any Gaia Tone micro pedals, I am all ears. I would be very appreciative of that. If you want to join us on Patreon, you can patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. Um, if you go over there, there's all the info on how you can sign up and support our charming community. You can do that for as little as a dollar a month. 
We'll be back next week with more of this guitar nerdery. Thank you for listening. You've been lovely. Farewell. Bye-bye. Cheerio. dear patreon supporters for listening to another episode of the guitar nerds podcast now of course as usual it is time for me to thank our top tier patreon supporters for being so amazing thank you to marcus deluxe suresh dorsonic pickups chris franklin anton friant russ Meehan, barry gresbick steve davis daniel walker join brown john conaway the studio rats russell healing yogi the guitarist ty allen carl harris sean hughes andy hoffler eric hemmer jeffrey wax Brian Einsler, Mark Hizau Kadawaki, Stuart Robson, Eric File, Peter Pesce, Andy Manley, Simon Milbourne, Joe Puttick, Blake Wyland, Phil Rodomsky, Dave Lee, Ross Edwards, Jason Wharton, James Dore, Jake Gray, Derek Rich, Scott Kennedy, Steve Merkel, Abe Matthews, Christopher Loseth, Stephen Burke, Robin Smith, Kytopia the Band, JD Short, Andy McKenzie, Brad Page, Paul Corrigan, Rob Nordvik, Scott O'Brien, and of course, Moog Gravit. 